Welcome to the Logistics of Logistics, a podcast dedicated to exploring how things get places and the people who get them there. We'll talk with logistics and supply chain leaders about innovation, industry trends, and the future of the logistics business. Now, here's your host, Joe Lynch. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Logistics of Logistics podcast. My name is Joe Lynch. Thank you so much for joining us today. Today's topic is leveraging automation to build a competitive advantage with Alfonso Quijano. Welcome, Alfonso. Hey, Joe. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. I'm looking forward to this conversation. Guys, this is a topic that I learned a lot about. I did not know this until I talked to Alfonso a few weeks ago, and I'm excited to share this. So before we get into it, Alfonso, introduce yourself and your company. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, my name is Alfonso Quijano, an electronic engineer. I'm from Barranquilla, Colombia, and I'm the CTO at Lean Tech and also at Lean Staffing. So Lean's got a really interesting story. Tell us a little bit about the founding of Lean, how that all... I know I had Robert Cadena on here, Roberto Cadena, and I've talked to Dave Bell before. So tell us a little bit about that history. Yeah, absolutely. So Lean Staffing, the original founders of Lean Staffing were, were Robert and David. Robert had a small brokerage back in the day where he was just suffering from one of the issues, the main plethoras of logistics today, high costs, low margins. And he was trying to find a way to better serve those issues. And he looked to Columbia to basically find talent that could help him fill those back office positions that he was having a hard time recruiting for, retaining, and also the high costs involved. And it turns out that was very, very successful. His company ended up getting bought out by David Bell, who's now partner in this whole engagement and also one of the founders of Lean Staffing. And after that process started growing bigger and bigger, when there was talk about you know technology and where the next stage of Lean Staffing was going to go, that's where I came into the picture, basically. So Roberto, or Robert, is from Colombia, but lived up here in the U.S. And so he had that connection back to Colombia. And David's based down in Florida. And did you say where you're living? Yeah. So I'm originally from Barranquilla, Colombia. So I, I do have some history in living in the United States. Yeah, yeah, there. yeah. I meant to ask that too. So tell us a little bit about that. Where'd you grow up? Where'd you go to school? Yes. So I actually grew up in Barranquilla for the first part of my life, seven years. I then moved to the United States. I lived in Georgia and Arizona and a couple of other states, which is kind of where I got very close to the North American culture. And I kind of brought that back into Colombia and have used it ever since in my business and my professional life. So where'd you go to college and high school? I went to high school in a German school in Barranquilla. So interestingly enough, I also lived some time in Germany as well and adopted some of the culture from there. And then even though I wanted to go to school in the United States, I made some decisions to stay in Colombia and pursue some entrepreneurship and ended up studying in a college called Universidad del Norte or North University in English, electronic engineering. Damn, you are like the international man of mystery. <laughs> very impressive, very impressive. So when you got out of school before you joined Lean, what were some of the jobs you did? So before I, I got into Lean, the first shot I took at working on my own stuff was a company I founded called Animus. Interestingly enough, it was focused on logistics. We created, alongside some of my team members, we created a product that did face recognition within trucks, within vehicles, and also had some GPS and had the ability to detect when people took 
items out of the trailer through RFID. And we ended up making a business out of that, getting some funding in Virginia and an entrepreneurship challenge, and then took it back to Columbia to grow it internationally. Nice. So you were old school freight tech guy. You were doing that back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. So when did you join Lean and what kind of drew you to Lean? So this was actually one of the best experiences in my mind when my business unfortunately failed due to some stuff in Colombia, circumstances, the ability for our customers to be able to pay, or maybe the industry just wasn't ready for that technology. I said, well, I'm going to you know, shelf this and get a job. So uh, I saw a job offer for a junior developer, which I didn't myself think I was for Lean Staffing Solutions. Right. After you've done all that work and uh, been an entrepreneur, you felt like you earned bigger, huh? Well, engineers tend to be a little ego-filled. And I mean, I, I can't say that I'm not, but life has humbled me a lot. And that experience with lean staffing early on actually was one of the greatest things that has ever happened to me. But yeah, that's how it all started. It was just a simple job offer and a meeting with Robert, the founder, which was very interesting itself. Yep. So there's a whole bunch of companies that are probably listening to this podcast. You work with like, Lean works with like 100 plus logistics companies from the U.S. that have some sort of operations that they've nearshored down to Columbia? Yes. So over 120 at this point companies from small brokerage to large publicly traded companies in the logistics space. And we have positions that do nearshoring back office tasks from as small as teams of two to as big as teams of 160. We'll get into that at the end here, but let's talk a little bit about the topic today, which is leveraging automation to build a competitive advantage. When we first talked about this a few weeks ago, it really kind of caught me out of the blue. I never heard of this before, and you used the term robotic process automation, and I was like, okay, I know what robots do, and I know what processes, I know what automation, but this was a little different. So talk about what is RPA. So RPA, for a lot of companies, it means a lot of different things. RPA has been around for a long time, and the term itself means robotic process automation. But the idea of automating tasks that, you know, repetitive in nature, that are error prone, that people would rather not be doing has existed for a long time. But roughly two years ago is when companies really started thinking very hard about how to adopt automation into their business so that they could free up their hard-earned dollars and they could get their people, kind of elevate their people into doing some more important tasks than, you know, filling out spreadsheets and maybe answering emails that a robot or an automation could do. So what would be, and so I think what we're looking at is what's routine, what's mundane, what things can, that humans, you said, humans don't want to do. What would be some of those typically within a logistics and transportation space that you would automate? So we could start off with anything that has to do with email communication. So as you know, the logistics industry has played a lot of catch up in the last few years, and everybody's trying to digitize themselves and find a way to automate processes. But the email is always going to be there. There's always going to be, you know, a shipper that is going to ask for a quote. There's always going to be communication back and forth through email. So one of the things that uh, RPA has adopted is the ability to understand emails and be able to automatically respond to the content of those emails or automatically take further actions based on that content. So let's just say somebody sends me my freight brokerage an email that says, I got 25 pallets that need to move from point A to point B, and here's the dates. Could RPA manage that load? 
Yes, absolutely. The RPA would be able to interpret all that information, maybe even connect to some type of rating engine that you already have in your business. It could be a spreadsheet or it could be another platform and then use that information to respond to the customer instead of having it take 10 or 15 minutes. It could take 30 seconds. So they could send it to me, Joe. And so I'm, I'm out chatting to the people about football down the hall. And when I come back, that email might have already been responded to that this load would cost this much money. That is correct. And it might yes. have already put it in my TMS. Yes. Slick. Slick. So I can talk football all day instead of having to do my job. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that that's actually a very, very good topic because what we want to be able to do is to free up time for the employees that want to be doing other stuff that has to do with customer engagement. You know, you want to be able to have the ability to call up your customer and tell them, get their satisfaction levels on the uh, level of service and other things that are inevitably done by human. So we could manage that shipment now. So it could give a quote. Then if they say, yeah, I wanted, let's just say they respond via email. Yes, I would like to do that load. Could it take the next step and actually book it? Yes. So the next section, we want to be able to cover with automation, basically the entire logistics lifecycle. So you can insert RPA basically anywhere. You can actually take the information once the customer has agreed that they like the quote, you can basically book that, which means entering into some type of TMS system. That could mean forwarding over the confirmation of that to another party so that we can all be in sync all automatically. It could be potentially creating a PDF with the rate confirmation sheet and again, sending it over to different parties. But yes, it could cover everything that goes thereafter as well. Right. So you mentioned PDF. So if somebody sends me PDFs or a Word document, could it pull that off and take that information off too? Yes. Yeah, so PDFs are definitely a little more tricky. Obviously, when you receive a PDF via an email, the typical process is you have to open up the email, open up the PDF. Typically, it'll be scanned in some way or maybe it's searchable. But either way, it takes a considerable amount of time for a human to process the information in there and then use that information for something. Yep. The bot can interpret all that stuff and automatically send the information over into its destination platform whichever that may be. So we could also give track and trace information? That is correct. So we have a lot of customers that have reached out to us saying, I would like to automate these requests where a customer just wants to know the status of their freight. Even if they already have access to the underlying platform, you know, they have a username and password and they could easily go in there and do it. They won't move away from the email because it's so common to them. So they'll go and ask, hey, what's the status of this shipment? And instead of having a human do that, it can connect via the back end and retrieve that information and send it back to the customer automatically. Right. When I was still working in a 3PL, we had certain customers that would, we had a portal where you could go in and put all your information in. And we had certain customers that just didn't want to do that for whatever reason. And a lot of times they just said, look, I get a lot of different systems. I don't want that hassle. I received this, so I just want to email it to you. Okay. And, you know, you got to have to accommodate them. And to your point, we're all going to have emails. So why not automate some of that stuff? So you can do this entire load from the time that somebody says, you know, I want to quote tracking and tracing. How about the invoicing? Yeah. So that's another very, very common automation request that we receive. It is very typical for dispatchers or people in this cycle to have to update documents into some type of paying agent. Those documents could be a PDF, an invoice. It could be 
all sorts of documents. And that process in itself is very repetitive in nature. It's just identifying which bucket to put the PDF into and which portal to connect that into. So you may be familiar and our audience may as well that dispatchers in this space, they have either four or five monitors that they have to look into every day. Oh, yeah. So what we're trying to do here is that we're trying to make the bot automatically identify which portal it has to connect to to update that PDF so that you don't have to do the whole window switching in your monitor and get to the portal, sign in, do all that stuff, have it done automatically. Very nice. Now, is it, do people are using RPA on the sales side too? Yes, the sales side is also some a very nice place for automation to be implemented. It brings the discussion of the chatbot, for example. So let's say that you know somebody would like to have some type of AI implemented, which is artificial intelligence, that can automatically respond a request for a quote and get a quote in place, a response for that, all via a chat that sits within a website or something. That can automatically be done through RPA as well. Very nice. So when we were talking, I asked when we were prepping for this, if this is via, if you use APIs, and you talked about this being ideal for legacy systems. So talk a little bit about that, and I'll go back to the shallow end. Yes. So RPA, the term RPA is typically known in the industry for being the means or the term that automates everything. And we wanted to make it clear to our customers that the way we think about RPA is a way to automate those systems that are legacy that cannot be automated through typical API or EDI or any of those methods. Now, automation is a much broader term that encompasses API and EDI, and that also encompasses RPA in a way. So when we kind of bind them all together, we think of automation as the connective tissue in your company that helps, again, connect that very fragmented industry that we live in today. Interesting. Interesting. You know, it's amazing to me that to think about this is, you know, I used the example of me being at a freight brokerage, but if you got to a point where you said, you know what, Joe just talks football all day, we'll move him to another task where he can talk football all day. And we're just going to give it, we're going to create a, an email that is basically all RPA. And this, you could have customers who say, yeah, I'm going to send it to whatever makes sense, freight quote at your company name, right? And it could manage the entire process. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then me as the uh, guy talking football down the hall, I can manage all the exceptions, right? Anything that requires the human touch, I can talk about. Yeah, no, and furthermore, I mean, there's, like, we can talk all day about the different automations, and given our vast experience in logistics, you know, before even Lean Tech became a thing, like, we placed ourselves as the experts in logistics, you know, the people that have encountered all the different issues and all the different KPIs that need to be improved for your organization. So in a way, we're the best people to be able to point out how those automations can take care of those processes. Another very, very important one that I didn't mention before is the data entry automations. Oh, yeah. People hate that. (laughs) For sure. For sure. And it takes a long time. Like, there's no value that's being added by having a person, again, interpret an email or maybe a chat or whatever uh, source that may be, and then passing that information over into a TMS. That is a perfect scenario for an automation to take over. Right, right. Yeah, and you you started to make a point here, and I think it's a good one, which is you have been managed, you work with 120 logistics companies, some of the top names in this business. I don't know, can you mention any? (laughs) 
Yeah, for sure. So in the technology space, big one is Truck Stop, for example. Oh, nice. So we're, we're very proud of that partnership. We're helping them build their back office connection to their Book It Now service to basically every TMS out there. Again, gives us a lot of advantage in knowing how to navigate those waters and you know what best platforms are for what scenario, et cetera. But on the, on the lean staffing side, we have big names like XBO or JB Hunt as well that have trusted us with their back office positions. So what's interesting about this is you've got hundreds of companies that you're working with. You see the problems kind of across 100 plus companies. So you might say, we're going to automate this process because... We see it as a problem everywhere. And so when somebody reaches out for a technology provider, they might not understand logistics. You guys do understand logistics as you've been doing it. Yes, that's absolutely true. We know what's hurting you know, businesses the most. And we're the ones that are the most interested in then finding a way to be able to overcome those challenges. So even from the beginning, whenever we saw the things that we were having our guys do that were very repetitive in nature, we always knew we were going to have to disrupt this process somehow. And it was either going to be us or it was being somebody else. So, Right. So you're in a position, really, if somebody says, hey, this requires headcount and we're going to trust you guys because you're the experts. You're our partner in the back office. So you start managing all that. And at some point you say, you know what? I have a better way. I can help you with technology. And if it requires a head, we'll have a head. If it requires tech, we have tech. That's pretty slick. Absolutely. Yeah. So getting back to RPA, So there's some advantages to this idea of automating this, but what's the ROI on this? I mean, I don't want to spend a million dollars to make somebody obsolete who's, uh, you know, pay 50 grand a year to. Yeah, that's one place where we feel that we're really doing something different. A lot of RPA providers out in the industry, it's hard to get a straight answer out of what the processes for implementing it, what the intended ROI is. Sometimes it's because it tries to cover too much, too fast. So the way that we've approached RPA is that we've determined those repetitive automations that we implement that we've already categorized. We already know that you're going to get one percentage of revenue here in savings, that you're going to have a 200% increase in throughput, and that it's going to cost you, you know, five to $10,000 to implement. So it is immediate for you to see the ROI involved in those processes. Got it. Got it. So there is a nice ROI on this. And again, I think when I use the term obsoleting somebody, but I think a lot of times we're using automation to say, let's put the humans on the human business, the stuff that requires a human touch. I can't have technology wish Alfonso happy holidays. I have to do that in person, right? So, but if I've given a choice, I'm going to put all these repetitive, mundane, routine tasks that technology is better for and let the tech do that. Let me be the human. Exactly, exactly. And there's a ton of benefits involved in RPA that may be not direct that people sometimes miss. And employee happiness is one of those. Like when you have these repetitive tasks, for example, put on someone's job description, it's important to know that they could use the time that they save by automating those repetitive tasks to other things that can make them be better at their work, that can make them be happy, and that thus can help the company get more revenue in. So there could be considerable cost savings as well just from that fact alone. But just like that, there's numerous others. Reductions in response times, for example, in terms of customer service, increased throughput, the ability to reduce errors in data entry processes, which is a big one in logistics. 
and reporting, you know, getting reports out and KPIs from your processes is kind of hard today if the processes are all manual. Right. And I'll tell you, you know, another thing is I'm a big believer that relationships are what make this business work. And if I'm spending my days uploading information and doing tasks that technology could do better, and then I'm not spending that time following up with customers and saying, how's things going? What can we do better? Right? Exactly. Exactly. That's why we like the term workforce augmentation. We like to implement RPA to the business as a gift to the employees. They'll see it as an opportunity to thrive, to elevate their position within the company and do things that are going to have a greater impact to the organization. Excellent. Excellent. So this is a great topic. And again, this one caught me out of the blue. I never knew what I never knew there was such a thing. It makes sense. And once you described it, I was like, yes, of course, we need this. But summarize this topic for us. Great. So as a summary, RPA, it doesn't have to be a scary word. It's a way to automate the processes within your organization that are costing you a ton, that are not being as effective as you would like for them to be, that maybe don't have KPIs associated to them or great reporting that you can analyze, and that a robot or a bot, as it's being expressed in the industry a lot, can easily do much more effectively, thus allowing your workforce to be more effective at other tasks that are more important to the organization, like relationship building with your customers. And furthermore, the RPA doesn't have to be scary for another reason, which is it is possible for you to get an RPA process implemented in as short as a month's time. And it doesn't have to cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars. It can cost you five, ten, fifteen thousand dollars and it can That's pay great. for itself in just a month or two. Yeah. So if I have like 15 guys who all they're doing all day is receiving emails and responding to emails and their routine emails, whew, that's a big, <laughs> we're talking about, even if I have one person, you say that it's worth it to do it for one person. But if I've got 15 or 20 people doing the same thing all day, well, it's a no brainer. You're totally right. So let's talk a little bit about lean staffing. Why do all these companies partner with lean staffing? And well, it shouldn't say lean staffing, the family of lean companies. But why don't you also talk about all the different companies that you have within the lean family? Yes. So thank you. Actually, that opens up a great topic, which is to further clearly communicate the fact that we're more than, you know, just a a staffing company. You know, lean staffing has that connotation where people think we You know, sometimes they pick up the phone and they're like, oh, it's, you know, it's, you guys are another staffing company. We're a partner. We really build partnership with our customers to help them thrive in this business. And we focused on logistics just because we know that there's a lot of work to do here, but this can extend over to tons of other industries. And thus, it's very easy to replicate the model within the ones that we've done today. We have lean staffing, we have lean sales, lean marketing, and lean tech. And we... Just this year, we have a first initiative towards renaming the group Lean Solutions Group to encompass all the different departments, all the different divisions that we've created. Right. And you guys, I know you started in logistics and I know you're doing some work outside of logistics, but as you already said, you're working with 120 plus companies in the U.S. So this is not, if you should decide to work with Lean, you're not kind of going on a limb. This is a tried and true path to success. Yes, correct. It's and we started, you know, in this journey a long time ago. Customers have trusted us before they could really trust us because like we didn't have the reputation. We were kind of just started out. They just saw the opportunity there and we've built some incredible relationships and have saved our customers 
ton of money and brought them tons of new processes. It's incredible the types of responses that we've get. It, they don't treat us as just, you know, another vendor. They treat us as like really part of their organization. Like, where were you before this was even a thing? Like, I feel like I should have had you all along. Right. And I also like what you said earlier about you guys started off as staffing, these back offices. And then you started saying, somebody's going to disrupt us. Somebody's going to take this business away using technology. So you guys created a technology company to take. So if somebody wants heads, they can get heads. But if they say this requires technology, you need the technology. And, and all of it is coming from a company that's grew up in logistics, which is fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Our customers love when they, they're talking to us and they may talk to another outsourcing, nearshoring provider in technology, but they're not going to get the whole accessorial track and trace, McLeod, Aljax, TMW, you know, all those systems that we have for sure already created platforms for. We've already dealt with the issues and the delays and everything that has to do with creating a platform in this industry, we've already dealt with. So our customers love that, and that's why they keep coming back, and that's why the growth has been so enormous. They're placing their trust on somebody who knows their stuff. You guys made, so you made that Inc. 500, right? Or is it the Inc. 5000, you tell me? It's Inc. 500. We're very proud of that. It was two years in a row. Fastest growing, right? Inc. 500, fastest growing company, Correct, right? correct. Number 347, if I'm not mistaken, last year. So it was just another way for us to sort of understand that we're doing something great. We're also elevating the name of Colombia, which we love. I mean, I am Colombian, so I'm very proud of what we're doing in this country. But so is everyone else that's working within this organization. They're happy. They pour their heart and soul into everything they do. And this really shines within their productivity. You see that in the numbers everywhere. I mean, we get messages all the time saying, wow, I just, you know, somebody in your organization was the second top seller ever or had the highest level of productivity in our team last month. And like, we're incredibly proud of that. Yeah, well, it is interesting because, again, the world's become you know more connected than ever before, and the technologies that we have allow this. And, you know, it's it's something that's interesting to me is that when I first heard Lean Staffing, I thought of staffing company. And when I got to know you guys over the last few years, I thought, holy God, <laughs> what a great idea, because you can always use good headcount, and you've got good headcount down there. And again, I don't think you have the same turnover problems that we have up here. No, no. People really enjoy the opportunity to work for two cultures. So whenever they join us, they have two onboardings. They have two cultures they need to adapt to. It's ours and also the customers. And our customers are very good at making them feel like home, like they're part of the company. So they even come here. We actually had 390 visits roughly from customers in 2019. 2020, unfortunately, was riddled with COVID and kind of didn't allow us to do that. But hopefully in in 2021, we can bring some of that back and, and have our customers work alongside their team members and for technology as well, work with their teams and build technology products that work hand in hand with the customer's stateside team. Yeah, I can tell you this from my own experience. I spent a long time going back and forth to China and Thailand, and it's basically 24 hours from the time you leave Detroit to the time you sit down in Beijing and your bed. It's a long, long time to get there. And I know there's direct flights sometimes, but it's not always easy. And going to Asia, it's a long way. But on top of that, culturally, it's very different. We're very close to we're in the same time zone as Colombia. So it makes it a lot easier. How long does it take to get down there? 
So it depends anywhere from three to five hours, depends on where you are in the States, but it's a very short flight. A lot of states have even direct flights over to the major cities in Colombia. So we're talking about Barranquilla, Cartagena, Bogota, and Medellin, which is where our offices are located. But in particular, Medellin, for example, it's just a wonderful city. It's called the City of Eternal Spring. It's called also the Silicon Valley of Colombia and you know, soon to be of Latin America. And it's because the amount of talent that's there is just incredible. The whole nearshoring term comes from us being very similar to the United States in that regard. Our cultures are the same or very similar. And that way we just work together. Yep. Yep. Well, this is great. Oh, before I forget, your buddy Esteban would kill you and me if we didn't say this. There is a webinar coming up on RPA. That you, I don't think you guys have a date yet, but you're going to do a webinar on RPA coming up here soon. And so we'll make sure that I'll put that in the show notes when we have the exact date. So how do people reach you? Awesome. So you can reach out to us through our main page at leanstaffing.com. And all the underlying pages are divisions like lean-tech.io also has tons of information about our technology division and what we're doing there. Excellent. Excellent. So what I'll do is I'll put in the show notes, I'll put a link to you so people can reach out to you and also put a link to your website. And as soon as we have it, I'll put a link to the webinar that you guys are going to do on RPA. Fantastic. Sounds great. Alfonso, I really appreciate you taking the time. I really learned a lot. Again, I never knew what RPA was until a few weeks ago, and now I'm looking forward to learning more. Awesome. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on the show, and it was great. It was great. Thank you again. Thank you. Thank you. And thank all of you for listening to my podcast. Your support's very much appreciated. Till next time, Onward and Upward. You've been listening to the Logistics of Logistics podcast, where we engage in conversations with experts in the logistics field. If you're an expert and would like to be featured on the Logistics of Logistics podcast, please email Joe Lynch at joe at the logisticsoflogistics.com. 